Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Hamstra as the Orc Countess Ada and Princess Gwendolyn. Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our Dungeon Master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow! It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown! Sylvia Tom, the science gnome, has just escaped. Um, you are engaged in combat with uh, the remainder of her stars team, uh, who are mounting a desperate defense uh, of uh, of their leader, um, the fearless science gnome, um, and uh, are currently trying to uh, chase Duncan around the room with a giant lighthouse cannon uh, that they are determined to use to murder him. Not the best, but also not the worst, because Maka made them all very confounded. And speaking of, Maka, it is your turn. Uh, yeah, since they all recently recovered from that bout of confusion I no longer need to be precious about maintaining that concentration so I'm going to jump out from cover and try to finish off that flamethrower guy that I had hit yep sounds good Richard Richard yeah I'm going to run up on him and try to strike him with my shillelagh all right does bless apply to the attack roll or damage or attack roll and save? So not damage, but attack roll. Yes, you can add okay. an additional D4. I'll roll it for you. Why not? Come up oh, from sure. the scabbard. Uh, add an additional three. Okay. So that's 13 on a roll then altogether plus eight to hit 21. Yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely. And so that's going to be 1D8 plus four. A uh, total of seven magic damage seven magic damage magic uh, damage that is just enough uh richard aiken goes down um uh just, he it's gonna become a zombie <laughs> he dro- yeah okay so he he drops yeah um and uh you hear uh edward just say uh, uh do- do- dr aiken dr aiken um and then uh richard just turns his head and goes Oh, <laughs> and uh, stands back up. Doesn't even hit the ground. Just like goes partially down. The spores just infest him and he just lurches yeah. back up. Uh, full arm out starts like lurching toward uh, Edward. Uh, and he goes after me. So he, uh, I'm done my turn. Um, so I'm going to send him after. You sure uh, are. Um, I'm going to send him are- after the guy that Duncan is fighting to, to provide like assistance to uh, to Duncan. Yeah. It'll probably take him around to get there. Oh, I thought he was close by. Okay, sorry. Uh, sorry, they're on the other side of the... Uh, the. Or actually, wait, no, he's on Joseph now. So yes, he is on the north side of the lighthouse cannon. I do apologize. Without a map, this is all very confusing. It, it makes perfect uh, sense to my tiny map. Sure. Is there anyone that that I can send this uh, uh, Cordyceps uh, zombie to? 
Yeah, you can get the uh, get the guy who's been um, uh, pestering um, Ita. Yeah, I'll send him over there then. Okay. To, to harass him. Oh, oh, oh dear. I wrote a, rolled a 17 and a 19 for his attack. Uh, so those are both hits in a rather large way. And... All right. Well, when you roll tens and eights on a d10 and d8s, uh, he uh, he goes to town on on uh, Edward in classic uh, B-list characters from the Star Steam fashion. Um, he just eats that man's brain uh, as he his uh, screams. Edward turns to him, and just says, "Oh, oh, thanks, science. You're okay." Uh, and then it's just all. Oh. <laughs> um, so uh, the zombie falls on him, just like nomming, uh, nomming away as as Edward screams. Um, does Edward also come back as a zombie? I have to be within ten feet for the spores to take effect. So no. Okay. Um, but Edward and Richard are now gone. Uh, <laughs> one of them not as gone as the other, uh, as is Kenneth. So the remaining. Um, uh, gnomes and goblins you're dealing with are Joseph, who's engaged in combat north of the lightning cannon or the uh, lighthouse cannon with Duncan. Um, Rebecca, who is nearby but hasn't done anything yet. Uh, and up top, you've got Wesker and Jill who are guarding. Oh, Chris um, is gone? Oh, shit. No, Chris is still kicking around. Thank you. Okay. Uh, my scribbles are getting too hard to read. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, so that brings Wesker, us to. Wesker and Jill are still up there, you said? Yeah. And they're okay. basically holding action to cover Sylvia's retreat. Gotcha. So they're hanging out up there. Ita, uh, on your floor, Rebecca yeah. is clear and Chris is clear. Joseph is in combat with uh, Duncan. Currently, the cannon is facing the southeast wall um, where Maka is, but they're trying to get Duncan, who is now north. So it's actually completely useless for their current purposes. Let's go with... Fuck it. I'm just going to... Let's take out Chris. Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's just do it. Um, and as Ida analyzes his movement patterns, um, she, uh, she says, you have made a profound error. So many errors beyond the limit of acceptable errors. And, um, <laughs> and she casts <laughs> Confounding Theorem, of course. Uh, does a one pass? Surprisingly, no. Mm. Um, yeah, but it's he, a one in binary. But I rolled like, infinite. but I rolled like shit. So he only takes <laughs> three psych or a six psychic damage. Six psychic. Okay. So they rolled not, a one and a two on d tens. <laughs> all right, not not great, but also not the worst. Um, okay. Um, but he's adroitly so analyzed. If anyone else wants to attack. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he sure is. He's having a whole a whole moment though, where he just looks around at all of his dead companions and just says, "So many team members dead. So many people who relied on me. You're right. Unacceptable errors. Unacceptable losses. No, you can't think that way. Get your head in the game, Redfield." Um, but he is uh, he's having a hard time. Um, Redfield. Redfield. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, if we're doing a Renfield <laughs> spin, that'd be a whole different, different yeah. beat. Give it two more sessions. Uh, all right. Um, that brings us to the cannon crew and Chris. Um, so they're no longer confounded. Kenneth is dead. Joseph is fighting Duncan. Um, Rebecca. Okay. So Rebecca's going to fuck off out of here. Um, she's actually going to make for that 
I just clued in that these are Resident Evil characters. Welcome to the party, pal. That took me a very long time. You know what? Uh, that's no fault if, of yours. If uh, <laughs> they also, they're also just characters in our story. Yeah. They're all the gnomes and they're all the science gnomes in our our team. It's fine. Uh, for what it's worth, the fact that you clued into that based on Chris Redfield talking about all the allies he's lost is a pretty deep cut, and I'm proud of you for it. Um, so Rebecca runs for the door. Uh, she runs for the north door um, and uh, is clearly not going to try and fight them because I mean she's looking at. Duncan just kind of like literally cutting through people towards her and is just not not here for that. So she's going to run for the stairs um, or the uh, the service um, ladder, rather, uh, at the north end of the room. Joseph is fighting you, uh, Duncan. He's going to um, take an attack. Uh, he's going to swing a fist at you. He is not a combat gnome. He is a science gnome. And his job was to fire the big cannon. So he's going to try and punch <laughs> you with his tiny gnomey fist. <laughs> he gets a th- I rolled a 13 and he gets a minus one. So uh he he throws a <laughs> fist out, which I imagine you probably catch uh if I'm I'm thinking through uh I think that would be yeah, like cape over catch and just throw him off balance with it. Yeah. And he just nice. has a little like uh <laughs> like this he's not used to flourishes. Uh flourishes <laughs> are not scientific. Um Chris, however, kind of gets his shit together. Um mm-hmm. He's going to try and shoot the zombie. Uh, that's what that I would shoot. pretty horrifying to see if you were Chris. Your, your friend is being eaten. and uh, one. All right. Uh, he hits the zombie for... Zombie has one HP, Tom. Yeah. Zombie goes down. But but I get real damage. Five. How many times does he kill the zombie? Uh, so many. Um, so he just says, Richard, Edward, I'm sorry. And he just blows them away with a blast of his blunderbuss. Um, will it stop him? No, but does he feel it? Yes. Um, so that's it for them. Man, Joseph is fucked. Uh, elevator is gone, so that's fine. Duncan. Well, he's got a guy who punched him to try to kill, so game on. Like, I think it's just swing the fist away and then just run him through, through the back, kind of, as he spins him out with the punch. Uh, let's see what happens. The first attack is a 25. Yeah. And the second is an 18. Yeah. Nice. And we are doing a grand total of 18 damage with the bone sword. Remember that time when I said he was a science gnome, not a fighting gnome? Yep. Mm. No yeah, amount so- of uh, hypotheses will save you from the blade of Duncan Kindano. Uh, what happens to uh, poor Joseph? I th- This one, I think, is Duncan's not even wasting time. It's just run through. A, a, as he draws the sword out, he throws Joseph away with the other arm to clear his path. And he's right after Rebecca. Like, no one runs from justice is all he says <laughs> as he sprints towards her. Like, for Stavo in the nine. Um, and she just yells, I'm a medic, I'm a medic, I'm a medic, which admittedly, you know, is not true because when you were in the tent and everyone got injured, it was a lot of like band-aids and nothing else. You know, for a fact, Maka had to heal her. Um, she is just trying not to die. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. Um, bring us to, oh, they're both dead. Uh, top of the round, Sylvia's gone. Maka. Your only real present threat now is Chris on this floor. Yeah. Uh, 
if I can get to him in one move, I will. You can. He's very that. close to you. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll get to him uh, and I will uh, uh, swing the shillelagh at him. Great. Uh, Eighteen plus. Does it? Do we need to add D four in my modifier, or we're good? I mean, you can if you want to feel cool, but no, no that's that goes through. That's okay. One D eight plus four magic damage. Man, that's a two. So six magic magic damage. Um, this is Chris, like right? Be, yeah. Yep. Oh, you can bet your butt you can add four. Oh, all right. So uh, he went from not bloodied damage. to bloodied. Okay. Um, uh, you know, uh, he he, you smack him with the shillelagh, um, and uh, as you do, he like you knock his head in the direction of Edward and, and Richard, and he just goes, unacceptable losses, so many unacceptable losses. Um, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's looking pretty rough. Uh, anything else you want to do this round, Maka? That's it. Movement and, and action. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, up top, um, it is Wesker and Jill. Um, Wesker says, uh, I've run the numbers and this is not going well for us. And uh, Jill's like, yeah, you fucking think. Um, and uh, she just kind of observes everything that's going on. Uh, and uh, she kind of shakes her head and she says, no. No, fuck it. Stabbo was right. This isn't worthwhile. Um, and uh, she um, uh, leaps down off the second level uh, to the main floor. Um, and with um, she's got a, a pistol because she was on science duty. Uh, she starts blasting uh, the window on the north side, um, trying to uh, make a hole. Um, so she opens fire on that. Where Duncan's standing, I think as he's sprinting, he'll yell, take them alive if you can. He wants to know where the fuck Sylvia is and what the fuck is going on. Uh, she fires faster. Uh, oh, I'm sure she does. <laughs> but, I'm not saying you can stop gunfire. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so, But it is also like no one has automatics. Like we're still very much in the world we're in. So um, uh, she almost cracks the window. Uh, these are super reinforced, uh, obviously, because in the middle of a storm center. Um, uh, th- so the window is cracking and splintering uh, as she she fires uh, sort of her equivalent of Mr. Bang twice. And they see her pop the back open and start like reloading uh, quickly. Um, Wesker, on the other hand, um, uh, is still holding his wand, but as he sees uh, Jill around, he just says, hmm, it seems she is making her last escape. This is very concerning. Uh, and he disappears into the back and starts digging around in a bag. Ita. Um, so it's Jill who is firing, she's on, right? Yeah, she's uh, firing at a window. You get the sense she's looking for, for, for a For an escape out. route, right? Yeah. Um, I am going to adroitly analyze her, of course. Um, and I'm going to cast Disarming Theorem, having mm. heard Duncan's keep, you know, take her alive, which will just charm her, but I'm afraid sure. of killing her otherwise. This is the thing with these rolls. You got 2d10. You can roll really well, like really shit. <laughs> We've established they are fairly squishy. So yes, I don't want to kill her by accident. The non-zero chance of accidentally nuking this person. Um, yep. So um, I think... For a little bit more distraction, Edith just starts like uh, rhyming off like some complex like geometric like number sequences. 
Um, and so she needs to make a wisdom saving throw, DC 14. No. <laughs> she is charmed. <laughs> yeah, roll a 13 and she's got a minus one. So here you go. Um, all right. So um, I assume based on being charmed, you're going to stop her from shooting the window. Uh, yes. I mean, I'd like her to put down her gun entirely. <laughs> cool. uh, what, what does Ita yell? Um... I am I think it's just she's <laughs> she just continues to list off numbers. Like she's just <laughs> doing it. It's almost hypnotic, I think, at this point, to the point like where like <laughs> Jill would like literally just like lower her arms and like drop her gun, kind of like head kind of cocked, like <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, staring like fully at her. enthralled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the bullets just fall out of her hand yeah. and just kind of clatter to the ground next to her. <laughs> Uh, and the gun just kind of drops, and she's just like staring at the the fractals that are appearing in the the, the cracked <laughs> glass. Um, yeah, love it. Uh, good play, very good play. Um, all right, uh, <laughs> Rebecca, running away from Duncan. Um, so here's the thing: she can get to the ladder. I don't think she can get up the ladder before you reach her. So she turns around. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, she turns around, sees you, this like fucking nightmare rushing at her saying, take them alive, which is equally concerning to her. <laughs> um, so with just kind of a resigned look, um, she reaches up, uh, to, um, her, her vest, um, opens a pocket, uh, and just pulls a pin. And just stares at you kind of in uh, in defeat. Uh, Duncan, it's now your round. Uh, she's just pulled the pin on something. Um, give me a... I'll give you a deck save at advantage because it is your round. Okay. Um, but uh, see if you can dodge out of the way. The nice thing is she is in the little like ladder alcove. So if this thing goes off, it's pretty contained. Nat 20. Okay. And it was the uh, first die roll. So just he's so ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> he hates those fucking vests. Yeah, so I'll say, yeah, fuck it. I'll just give you a full full free round uh, now. So you literally, I think, just throw yourself up against the wall to the side, and you hear her say, oh, shit, and then the grenade goes off. Um, so there's like a blast of fire up over the, um, like up onto the second floor, blast of fire out through the front, uh, and electricity as she releases the energy that was contained in the vest. Um, but you were just out of the range of it. So, you know, you get a couple of little jolts, but you're you're fine. Um, because you're rolled an at 20, I'm not going to take away your movement, as I was planning on with this save. So you've got your full round. Uh, right. Jill is staring at a window, thinking about how beautiful cracking glass looks. Um, and uh, upstairs, Wesker is doing something that you're generally unaware of. Uh, Duncan will look over to Ida and just yell, get the vest off her if you want her to live. Uh, and then he's just going to take off sprinting. And Tom, you'd mentioned there were crates and stacks of things that were yep. around. Uh, and he would like to acrobatically essentially run up a bunch of the crates and leap onto the second floor because he doesn't know what that fucking guy is doing. But that yeah. explosion is very bad for what happens if you leave scientists alone in his brain. Absolutely. So um, I think we'll say this is a double, like a move and an action to to like run, yep. climb, sprint, and jump. Um, give me an acrobatics, please. Great. That is an 18. 
Okay. Yeah. So um, there are a bunch of crates um, that are, again, like stacked kind of um, around the lighthouse cannon to some extent, uh, near enough. Um, so you rush and you just like like leaping stride uh, up the first two and then kind of leap up, hoist yourself up. Uh, the nice thing is uh, because Wesker is no longer holding his action, he's not just going to like insta-gib you when you get up there. Um you notice as your foot springs off the boxes, they are imprinted with the the laureled uh, House of Nano um, uh, insignia, which is concerning, but not a present concern. Uh, you leap up onto the second floor, um, and uh, you see um, Wesker uh, pull a syringe out of the uh, out of the bag, um, and he kind of like just through his mirrored sunglasses gives you a little gnomish grin. Um, holding the uh, the syringe. It's not his round, so he can't do anything with it yet, but it will be in a moment. Um, you are, uh, you're currently, you're one move away from him. You're still like, you're not super far away. Like, it's not like you're on the other side, um, but that is that is where things stand. Maka. Uh, actually, Duncan, you, you can, if you want to yell anything to Maka, you you can. Like, you're, you see this. You um, can't do anything else, but you, you're not like, He's not going to yell like he's got a needle. Duncan, I don't, like, I think Maka might be able to get a handle on what's going on. Ida might have an idea of what's going to happen scientifically. Duncan is just like, well, that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably what he says to himself. Well, that's not good. (laughs) That's all that comes out of our weird superhero of the night that has appeared out of this survival gear. Yeah. Also, for the record, when I say salmon, I mean, like, old DC, like, pulp salmon, not, like, beautiful, like, Neil Gaiman, Sandman, like, just like, I'm wearing a gas mask and a trench coat. I'm here for ending things. <laughs> um, yeah, love it. Uh, so you're super spooky and you know bad things are coming, but you are also a bad thing that's coming. So tomato, tomato. Uh, Maka, what do you do? I'm still fighting Chris. I'm going to yep. try and take another swing at him for non-lethal damage. Oh. Uh, 17 plus 8 mm-hmm. plus a mm-hmm. D4 of bless to hit. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, six <laughs> magic damage, non-lethal. Is he still analyzed? Laura? Um, no, I shifted my analysis to Jill. Gotcha. All right. He's barely hanging on, but he's, he's looking rough. Okay. All right. Um, just still muttering so many dead, so many dead. Uh, which brings us to um, Wesker uh, with a, uh, with a sly grin. Uh, he jams the needle into his neck. Um, and uh, you see um, uh, angry purple lines uh, begin to jut uh, out of the uh, the insertion. Um, his uh, his body begins to undulate and twist, uh, and you you see his you hear the crack of bones as uh, his body begins to reform. Um, with a trembling arm that's beginning to split as his muscles grow, he just pushes the glasses back up his nose. Um, as a uh, tooth juts through the bottom of, uh, of, of through his upper lip. Uh, and he, uh, he begins to take on a monstrous form. Unfortunately, uh, you know, having your whole body transmogrify, uh, does take a full round. Uh, so you've got, uh, a brief moment to, to fuck with this. Ita. Jill continues to stare at broken glass. Um, can you remind me, was it, um, Wesker who set off the vest? Uh, no, Rebecca. So Rebecca's dead. Uh, she blew oh, up. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Duncan was warning you that Jill is currently confounded by you. Yeah. But she's also wearing one of these vests. And as has already happened to all of you, if she pulls the pin, uh, it'll release all the stored electrical energy 
and possibly uh, knock her out. So his yeah. point was, if you want Jill alive, yeah, you okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so and I'm sorry, Laura. Does Jill have to roll a save to shake off your? No, it's only going to last until the end of my turn. Oh, okay. So she's turn. She's yeah. All right, because Jill has initiative above you, but if she can't shake it off, she can't shake it off. So she will continue to yeah, stare. Yeah. It. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Until the start of my next turn. So either so way, it doesn't matter. Either she way. was either yeah. way. <laughs> either way, you're good. Very, um, very lucky initiative order. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, as she's like coming round, I will have I will rip the vest off of her and basically toss it across the room. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's not like a bomb vest. Like you actually have to. Activate I know, it, but, but not. Uh, I don't. Fair enough. No, no, I'm you know, with you. It's, there's bomb shit in it. Like, I agree. Get Look, it away. I, I get it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you, you you toss it away dramatically, um, and uh, she uh, just kind of uh, turns and, and looks at you as as like the confusion is is fading, and she just kind of mutters as she like looks up at <laughs> you because she's tiny. She yeah. goes, Oh shit. Um. Great. So you you basically handled Jill, um, Duncan. <laughs> That's uh, it. She's just. Oh done. wait, shit, Chris. Uh, Chris <laughs> is going to take a uh, a desperate. Uh, just he, he like cranks back with his his tiny gnomish muscles and attempts to punch you as hard as he can. Maka, uh, what's your AC? Uh, Nineteen. I rolled a pair of fours. So even with advantage, <laughs> uh, he punches you as hard as he can. And it's not that hard. Why does he have advantage? Uh, because he's special. Oh, okay. I want to. I want to <laughs> I, I know how to get some of that advantage for me. Uh, be a That's science a gnome, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Women want him. Maka wants to be. Him. <laughs> you want to be highly ineffectual and haunted by the deaths of your friends. Um, so uh, yeah, he punches you as hard as he can. Uh, and nothing happens. Um, it's not dramatic or exciting at all. Um, and then he just kind of looks up at you with like a grim resignation. Um, that this is this is clearly his fate. Uh, Duncan. Um, so to refresh your memory, on the second floor, uh, this is the industrial floor. There's a lot more mechanical shit. So a lot of uh, monitors. Um, but again, keeping in mind that technology in this world is is like fantasy e. So we're talking like. Not like a big TV screen, but like just various things. Um, there's dials um, and, and various um, sort of knobs and, and things showing you the, uh, essentially storm levels. And they're all maxed out right now. Like all of them are in the red zone. Um, there's the massive tunnel um, that uh, uh, Sylvia and her pod disappeared through. Um, from where you're standing, you can see through it. Uh, and you can see rain drifting in uh, past the, uh, the opening. It seems to lead further up into the sky. Um, but there is uh, an open space. It's just again a little ways up, kind of on a on a tunnel, like a diagonal um, tunnel. So mm-hmm. it's on an incline, but there is a vent there. Um, there are small windows on this level, not as many, but a few, just for observation. Um, and uh, Wesker is against the north wall. What do you do? Uh, he's going to make a break for Wesker. Uh, just sprint towards him and say, well, if you're putting something in there, why don't I join you? And he'll raise his hand to stab his poison wrist blade into Wesker's body because if he's expanding, maybe it'll speed the poison through his whole mm. system. Nice. 
Um, so he'll use a swashing point for his attack. And then Tom. Yes, sir. I get two attacks with my attack action, and I have an attack action I would like to attempt with my second attack. I would like to open his vest and try to yank the pin on Wesker as he's growing up, because that feels like something doable. Yep. Yeah, I'd give you that. Okay, I'll need so, a, probably a sleight of hand on that, I think. That sounds great. Okay, so for the first one, the first attack comes in. Oh my god, it's going to be obscene. I'm going to do the math anyways, because I don't get to do this very often. So we're starting at 21. Oh. Plus 7 takes me to 28. 28. Plus 4 takes me to 32. Yep. Plus an additional 4 takes me to 36 to hit. What? With the poison dagger. Wow. Um, yeah. Whoa. That was blessed, swashed, and... Oh, wait. One more. That takes 30, 30 37, because I was also dueling, which gives me one. It's dope! Every bonus in the world! I am fucked if anyone shoots me, but sometimes, in beautiful moments up close, it works. Oh, um, man. Damage nice. is... Uh, one fights. Everyone you can, can hit go, a dragon with that. Like, everybody, like, smoke him if you got him. Uh, Duncan's got, like, 20 more minutes of bonuses to uh, tally up. Uh, you're all good for a bit. So that does eight piercing damage, uh, and it does poison damage as well. The DC is 15. Okay. He's going to have disadvantage on this because of the transformation. Uh, Yep. Nope. Fail. (laughs) Great. Tom, the poison does what poison does, because I only have the DC written down. Yep. I got you. He's poisoned Um, and shit. And then you want to pull the vest. Yes. And then I want to do the sleight of hand here, so... We will see what this does. Oh my God, yes. Natural 20. (laughs) That was the funniest way to say that. That was so real. That was someone reading numbers. Very happy. The words were coming out as the eyes made contact with the numbers. That was a nat 20. I'm not even adding shit to that. But Tom, I do want to note, I'm using another swashing point. Uh, to be able to disengage and use my full movement distance as a bonus action to essentially pull the pin and be like, good luck, and then just roll the fuck back <laughs> the full distance away from the guy. Actually, he'll roll right the fuck off this. level two down to level one. Like, Great. I think it's just disengage down. Great. Um, so you hear, no, 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 and then just like, um, uh, there's there's an explosion and you see a mass of transforming muscle that is sh- just shot through um, with uh, like a blue poison in addition to like muscle growing. So like he's he's transforming into like a cool like, you know, ultra form. But now the poison is also rushing through those muscles and combining with the serum he just shot himself with. And then he exploded. So his <laughs> chest is open. Heart is beating like visibly um, as he staggers forward. Um, and just falls uh, off the second level, um, crashes uh, into the side of the crystal, bounces off it, um, and just, like, scores, like, just with a clawed hand down the side um, <laughs> and is is just, like, hanging from, uh, like, he's dug into the crystalline uh, creature that is screaming. Oh. And he's just hanging uh, from that over the long uh, elevator shaft. Uh, Duncan, you rolled a 20, so I'm going to give this one to you, bud. Um, you approach, 
Uh, he he's got exposed beating heart, claws on the thing. He's barely hanging on. Uh, how do you how do you send him to his doom? Uh, Duncan draws forth uh, his dagger instead of the rapier. The dagger comes up in one hand, and he just spins it around so that it's facing kind of top out of his hand. And he walks forward with it just awkwardly in front of him, and he looks at him and he says, "This one, it's for Stabo." So I feel like I got to do it right. And then he just fucking prison shivs the shit out of this giant heart. Just like uh, not one stab. Screaming furious. and writhing. Um, it goes to swing up at you. And I think you just kick the, the hand aside. Um, there's no strength in it. It's massive. But like with that amount of muscle growth, but also poison, like it's getting real big, but there's no strength. It's just muscle upon muscle upon muscle. Um, untrained steroid use, if you will. Um, and eventually, it just the, the fingers spasm, um, and uh, it, it just kind of like stares at you through um, the glasses and tries to move its mouth. Uh, but when you're stabbing that fast, no fucking words come out. So the hand releases and... Uh, Pop them in the eye through the glasses. At the the last glasses shatter. The head bounces off the back. Uh, and it plummets, crashing into the elevator on the way down. All of it just falls um, down at the base level. Uh, map gnome Judy Greer is, uh, she got blown up by a, a fire guy who fell off earlier. She fell a long way, um, but she's doing okay. The maps took the worst of it, which really is truly worse for her than anything else. She starts crawling towards the elevator. She's figured out how the mechanism works. She sparks the wires uh, and she sees a light turn on and she smiles to herself. This is truly her day. And then the elevator comes and with it, hell. <laughs> uh, the entire bottom of the observatory blows out in a blast of flesh, poison, fire, and metal. Um, and the uh, storm suppression system showers it in sand. <laughs> Nice. Um, Maka, you're quickly able to uh, uh, subdue Chris at this point. Enough, enough has happened. Yeah. In a twist that is deliciously name appropriate, uh, Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield have survived a horrific event that cost uh, most of the members of their teams their lives. Um, Sylvia has disappeared, but you have uh, gained control uh, of the observation deck. Um, and uh, with the the death of, of Wesker and uh, the explosion below, uh, for the first time since you you arrived at the observatory, uh, the three of you are in complete control. Meanwhile, back in Doc Malvern's clinic, uh, Gwendolyn, you've had some time uh, to think uh, on uh, on what the, the doctor has said. Um, Obviously, you know, he was tuckered out, so he retired to his room. Um, but uh, this is the same day as, as what's occurring uh, over in the observatory. Um, so how do you think Gwendolyn spent her day? Um, I think... I mean, it's not very exciting, but probably quiet contemplation. That's because, totally fair. Because... There, it was just a lot to take in, I think, that realization. I, I think she hadn't... I, I do think that she had been approaching the creation of the Alliance of Equals with a very optimistic, very idealistic 
uh, point of view mm-hmm. um, and not really thinking that there was a- any chance, like basically in her mind, once someone joined up that was like, Hey, everything's great. We got all the people we're going to, we're all going to work together. Everyone's interests are going to be aligned forever. That's going to be great. Um, so I think having heard about like, um, the blue moon corporation and seeing parallels with what happened in Bleen and just the, just kind of reflecting on all of that. I think it's, I think she's kind of putting the pieces together of what she has observed so far and Mm -hmm. how much that power is a corrupting force on this world and how economic power can be wielded Mm -hmm. to cause suffering for a lot of people. It's probably also worth noting just in, in like in your thinking around how this is affecting Gwendolyn, um, your father, all he wanted, uh, you know, amongst other things, because he still, you know, ran a kingdom and everything, but mm-hmm. his his biggest insecurity um, that in turn kind of became Orville's biggest insecurity was the fact that, like, no one would deal with Orville. Um, yeah. And so I think just to add to your, your, your thinking around um, what alliances mean to Gwendolyn, I think growing up, like as as with any any child observing like the dream their parents want more than anything in the world there is a shine on alliances for Gwendolyn I think um and he very much would have been conditioning you to be like if you can you must form an alliance and honestly yeah. the day you died was like a big day of like this is the first time anyone's even bothered to show up this is exciting so i think there there's likely that element too which is like historically this is a tr- like Alliances are the unreachable goal. They're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yep. a, a, almost a Quixotic, like, uh, um, was it Undreamable Dream? Whatever the fuck that song is. Um, impossible Dream. Impossible Dream. dream. Thank dream, you. Yes. Yeah. Undreamable Dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's just being awake. A dream. Um, so yeah, I think I think the uh, the color that's being added to to these things is is weighing on you rather heavily. But by the same token, uh, you do actually have uh, information and experiences that are informing it. So I would add that, like, this is a lot, and it, it complicates things, but I don't think it's a lost cause. It's just a complicated... Yes, for sure. Complicated cause. Um, is there anything you think you would do? Do you have any follow-up questions for Malvern? Is there anything else that you think you would want? He's clearly on side now. Um, yeah. So it's possible. Um, Uh, I think this, I mean, the thing, here's the thing. It's like, I feel like everything I've asked, like he, like, I feel like he's given me all the information on like these other examples of like what happened. Like he just, he doesn't know, mm-hmm. you know, he only knows the stories. So, um, I I think I think <laughs> I think Gwendolyn would want to ask um hmm. I think she wants 
to know about who is suffering in Gren. Mm. And because she's just not aware enough, except for like the few people that they've found and helped. I think she's just aware that, well, there's no way that I can like ever meet every single person. So this is more just like, what is it really like out there? Okay. All right. So um, it's been a few hours of of quiet contemplation after, you know, having bombs dropped on you. I imagine you wouldn't bounce back. Um, How long do you think she spent? Is it like an hour? Is it several hours? I, I... I think she probably just like literally like laid on like whatever bench there was. Like she yep. just kind of laid down, <laughs> maybe even on the stone floor, just kind of like laying down with like her fingers like folded over her stomach. Yeah, for Nev probably did that. a good like eight hours. Okay, Nev <laughs> definitely did that that awkward uh, thing that. Um, I'm, I'm like, in my experience, was it was always my mom who was like, the, the like, oh, you're napping, like quietly trying to sneak around, still being loud, but like trying not to be loud. <laughs> so I think Nev is doing that where there's a lot of like taking like very careful steps and the floor creaks every time. But you can tell he's trying to be careful, but it's still very loud. Yeah. He's um, trying he, to scrape mildew off the window, like really quietly. <laughs> yeah, he's doing it in that slow way that's still very loud. <laughs> It just takes a lot but longer. But slower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it, he's very much doing like the baby Groot thing where like every time he like scrapes a little bit, he just looks back over his shoulder to make sure that you're still asleep. <laughs> but he also can't tell. So yeah. he just keeps going. Um, Bleep, meanwhile, is is literally being quiet because he can just fucking fly around. So he's fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes. Okay. So after after uh, an extended period of, of I'm just picturing Bluff. Sorry. I'm just picturing Bluffkin. You're correct. Okay, um, cool. Uh, that's obviously who I'm picturing as well, but he's yeah. uh, we've established he's a different color because I needed to make it cool. my own so I couldn't get sued. Uh, but yes, 100%, that's who I have or in mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, just doing a full fables. Um, so uh, you, because he's pink, I believe, uh, rather than the traditional uh, Aussie and blue. Um, yeah. So you uh, you finally uh, decide you need more, more you know, like, and, uh, like, not answers, but you have a question uh, for Doc Malvern. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, how do you approach his, his room? Is this like a, do you Kramer your way in through the door? Do you like knock? What's, <laughs> I'm guessing I'm curious uh, based on your previous interactions, like how Gwendolyn uh, approaches this now. Oh, cause Gwendolyn, I think is a little bit more confident. I think they've mm-hmm. now that they've developed some sort of rapport that this is a, it's a comfortable, it's a gentle, but comfortable knock. Okay. Cool. The uh, there's no response. Knock a little louder. Still nothing. I try the door handle. It's open. You can go in. All right. I kind of creak it open and just like, Doc, Doc, Doc Melvin. Uh, you can Doc. see that he is like very cozily ensconced in bed. Like we're talking like comforter, like up to the chin. Um, it's weird because he's not wearing like the plague doctor mask or anything. He's just like chilling out. But uh, no, he's uh, he's just having a snooze. Oh. Is he actually asleep? Can I, I just want to check because I don't want to like wake him up if he's sleeping, but sure. I also want to be like, and he, he was like <laughs> pretty sick. Sure. Are um, you doing the old man not dead check? Yes. Yes, I absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can guess... just hold my hand like under his nose to see if it like fogs it. For the record, there's no <laughs> nose to put it under. So you're actually putting oh, it above his beak. Above the beak. Yes, of yep. course. Um <laughs> 
So uh, you place it there, uh, and Gwendolyn, you feel nothing. I kind of gently prod his arm. Uh, it weighs so little. You're actually astounded at at how little mass uh, this uh, person you knew had. Uh, but the arm moves and then falls back comfortably. And looking down, you realize that Dr. Malvern is dead. This episode of Curse Code and Crown Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra. And the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock. And Curse Code and Crown's artwork was created by the brilliant Del Barovic. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc, Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time The Half Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Lord Abradovic, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald. Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Roman Brown, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.